I think there's a certain uh, admiration for heroism uh, in the country um, that we are uh, raised to have. Um, and and it's, it's heroic to be an ent entrepreneur, to venture into the unknown. Um, so, so that's one thing. Um, the fact that we're small uh, in, in finance, for example, has uh, meant that we've, we've had to build all of our um, financial infrastructure. Well, the fact that we're small and that we have all of our financial infrastructure means that we have a lot of people proportionally that have had something to do with it. Right. So, like, if you, if you have a small town in England that has the same population as Iceland, mm -hmm. they would just use all the financial infrastructure from London. Yes. But we have all of that, and we've had to build all of that ourselves, this tiny little nation. Yeah. And that means a lot of people have been involved in that proportionally. And uh, a lot of people have... Um, so it's not only on the technical side, uh, technological side, but also on the financial side. A lot of people with experience from finance. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Future Of here at Nordic Fintech Magazine. My name is Chris, I am Head of Content, and today we're going to be talking about Iceland. Now we have to admit it, when it comes to Iceland we are slightly biased. And that's because the country offers some of the most spectacular scenery one could visit, as well as some astonishing natural attraction and world-class hospitality. It is also home to ingenious down-to-earth people who have achieved the extraordinary feat of making this mid-Atlantic, largely uninhabited landmass a thriving nation with all the infrastructure, industry and services needed to prosper its 360,000 population. In our recent visit to Iceland, we had the opportunity to meet, amongst many inspiring entrepreneurs, Gunla Gur Johnson, CEO and founder of the Fintech Cluster. In this engaging conversation, we hear how Iceland's fascination with heroism combined with its self-sufficiency and necessary ability to adapt, it's creating some outstanding fintechs that are born globally from their inception. Learn about how the past and recent history of this Nordic nation continues to shape its approach to finance and the way in which visionaries are role modeling a new breed of financial services to the rest of the world. Gilly, thanks so much for, uh, for having us here, for welcoming us and, uh, and for uh, taking time to speak to us. Thanks for coming. Yeah, no, no, it's been great. We, we, we love Iceland and everyone's been really welcoming and it's been great really engaging with the, with the ecosystem. So we appreciate the opportunity. Uh, just before we start, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, I am uh, the CEO and, and founder of the FinTech cluster here in, in Reykjavik, Iceland. Mm -hmm. um, we founded it three and a half years ago uh, on, on one desk. Uh, we had two companies um, in our innovation space at that time, well, at two other separate tasks, all from IKEA, of course. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, and what we've been doing since then is we've been building the community and the ecosystem, helping the ecosystem, uh, connecting people all over. Mm -hmm. uh, we have this innovation center, as you see, we, we're in a pretty nice place now with uh, many of the companies here. Uh, we have around 100 members. Mm -hmm. uh, we have um, all sorts of events, um, meetups and uh, conferences uh, of all, all sorts. Mm -hmm. um, then, of course, we uh, uh, 
we have delegations, for example, okay, we're going to have a delegation to Nordic Fintech Week now. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and we connect uh, as the other clusters or the other hubs do in the Nordics with the other Nordics, which is very important for us. Right. Um, so, yeah, this is what we do. We do a lot of ad hoc stuff. We speak with the authorities, for example, if something needs to be done mm -hmm. to, to pave the way for innovation. Um, we connect people with investors. We connect them with uh, uh, buyers of their services and anyone else. We, we have a mentor network where we're helping uh, startups. So, uh, yeah, we, we just do just about anything that we can to help. Okay. Now, um, during our time here, brief as it's been, uh, we've been surprised about the fact that Iceland is a it's a small country in terms of, 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 of market, let's say, of people. It's tiny. It's tiny and yeah. it's in the middle of the Atlantic. Yeah. And yet there is just so much going on here. There's so yeah. much innovation. There's so much infrastructure. There's So tell us a little bit about the the entrepreneurial mindset of yeah. Icelandic people, yeah. what, how would you define it? Well, of course, we've always had to be entrepreneurial. And uh, I found when I was in the corporate world that even there, you'd have to, um, you'd have to uh, do a lot of different jobs. Mm -hmm. You couldn't specialize as much as you could perhaps in, in other countries because there's just fewer of us. You have to manage in a, in a way. And uh, this is exactly the mindset that you need when you're an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. because you're building a whole company with every single function of it without having the ability to hire um, specialists in, in every single thing. So, right. so uh, well, people know this, you know, uh, small business owners. So we, 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 ha we have had to do this and, and be this way for a, for a long time. Of course, it's easier for you, perhaps, to see what Icelanders are like than for us, because we, 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 we've been brought up here. Right. We don't know uh, what a normal person would be. <laughs> um, so we think this is normal. But I, I think there's a certain uh, admiration for heroism uh, in the country um, that we are uh, raised to have. Um, and and it's, it's heroic to be an enter entrepreneur, to venture into the unknown. Um, so, so that's one thing. Um, the fact that we're small uh, in, in finance, for example, has uh, meant that we've, we've had to build all of our um, financial infrastructure well, the fact that we're small and that we have all of our financial infrastructure means that we have a lot of people proportionally that have had something to do with it. Right. So, like, if you, if you have a small town in England that has the same population as Iceland, mm -hmm. they would just use all the financial infrastructure from London. Yes. But we have all of that and we've had to build all of that ourselves, this tiny little nation. Yeah. And that means a lot of people have been involved in that proportionally. and. Uh, a lot of people have, um, so it's not only on the technical side, uh, technological side, but also on the financial side. A lot of people with experience from finance, mm -hmm. because we've had to uh, carry a whole banking system for this tiny nation. Yeah. Um, also, you may know that Icelanders went the pre uh, well, they perhaps went too far before the banking collapse of 2008. Mm -hmm. um, 
the Icelandic banks went around the world and purchased banks <laughs> and uh, a lot of people were involved in that. So we, we have a lot of people that have been involved in, in finance. Right. So yeah, uh, I think that's that's sort of, uh, that sums up a lot of it. Uh, another common explanation is that uh, we're here at the edge of the habitable world and uh, the the island has only even though it's as large as england mm -hmm. um, it has only sustained around 50 to 70,000 people through the ages because we've had famines and volcanic eruptions and disease that have just uh, decimated the population when it gets too large mm -hmm. and uh, there's something about that something about in in the culture about be, being able to deal with those problems and even though the world seems to be ending mm -hmm. uh, as it always is when you're running a startup right <laughs> uh, because you know it's a a startup is, is a company that starts its life in intensive care mm -hmm. and and so so maybe that's a part of uh, part of the reason as well right yeah I find this fascinating that uh, that this resilience is inbuilt into the culture of the, of, of the nation yes it now, seems. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about how uh, Icelandic uh, entrepreneurs and Icelandic startups think about scalability because of course the addressable market within Iceland is, is limited. Yes. Um, Iceland is a pretty nice place to start your business mm -hmm. uh, because uh, uh, it's a small market. You can, you can enter the market quite quickly. You get on a few radio shows and have an interview or something and everybody knows about your product. Mm -hmm. Um, you can you can uh, collaborate with the authorities where you have to. You can deal quite directly with the financial authorities, and, and you can get interviews with them. Mm -hmm. uh, even in, in some cases where you actually need to ask the government to even do something to try to uh, renew leg legislation, you can get interviews with the ministers of uh, that that handle that type of legislation. So so you can. So everything is um, uh, easier and shorter. Mm -hmm. Although it, it's proper, but it's because there are just fewer of us interrupting the government, so to speak. <laughs> uh, we, we get more attention. And uh, of course, that can also be a bad thing when there's sort of cronyism, but um, I don't think that's more here than in other countries. Mm -hmm. so, um, so that's good. It's good to start uh, a business here. Um, and sort of test on a whole but small market. Mm -hmm. um, then um, for Icelandic fintechs especially, we look to the Nordics, among other countries of course, but the Nordics are uh, the logical next place for us because if you, we, we get markets that are 10, 20 or 30 times larger yeah. uh, in the Nordics and then we can, we can take it from there. Um, and, and even in parallel in other countries. But uh, it's been very good in, in FinTech because we've had such welcoming uh, FinTech hubs in, in the other countries that have been helping out a lot. Right. Okay, so if we talk about the Nordics, what would you say that, it, or how does Iceland contribute to the overall Nordic phenomenon of FinTech? It's hard to say because FinTech is so many different things and everybody's just doing their thing. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that a lot of the things that can be said about the Icelandic uh, 
companies and Icelandic people working in this can also be said about the other Nordics. Mm -hmm. So um, um, I think that uh, so so it's it's hard for me to say that we're contributing something in general. Uh, it's rather w the way we approach this usually when asked about the Icelandic. Uh, ecosystem is we just talk about individual companies right. because Iceland is tiny so we can actually do that mm -hmm. we can, so uh, and we don't have we don't have that many of them we have a few companies three or four companies in crypto for example um, and uh, so so it's it's very rare that the companies cluster up enough so that we can say that this is a big trend mm -hmm. in Iceland they're just they're also different, as you have learned, I guess, yeah. when meeting with them here. Is, it, is there a view of this that you have? Well, it, maybe that's related to my next question, yeah. because as, as you say, we're, we're in ground zero of what happened in 2008. Yeah. And, and probably Iceland was one of the most affected countries of the excesses of the, of the financial system. Now, the, the question I have is, has that impacted or influenced the kind of solutions that we're yes. seeing coming out of Iceland? And perhaps that's also part of how it contributes to the overall Nordic ecosystem, because it was, I would say, it was more affected than other countries. Yes, uh, I think there's um, um, there are a few things. Uh, one of them is uh, uh, crypto. Mm -hmm. uh, there are people that uh, have been working on crypto and decentralization. And the problem with the banking system has to a large degree been that it's been uh, too centralized. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's too intertwined, uh, too little competition. And uh, through crypto, a lot of the problems with uh, um, fractional reserve banking and fiat currency can be addressed. So a lot of people are interested in that on those grounds. Um, then there's um, um, banks that are being started um, that have uh, a sort of a, something very close to a full reserve. Mm -hmm. So um, you you met with Indo, uh, I believe. Yeah. Um, so they they have something that's closer to a full reserve than is normal. So um, so what we're doing is we're not repeating the mistakes of the past, but we are impacted by them and we're trying to do the opposite in some, in some ways. But it's interesting though that um, even though some people and, uh, are working on projects where they're, where they're trying to do better and, and be more prudent, um, it seems like there might be a little more interest in that in Iceland than other countries because mm. there might be a deeper understanding here because of what happened. Mm -hmm. uh, the whole banking system collapsed while the banks in other countries were all saved. They were mm. rescued by the government. Yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, the Icelandic government couldn't rescue the uh, Icelandic banks because they were too large. They had assets of 10 to 12 times GDP, which was just too much. Wow. Uh, because they had spread around the world. So they were too uh, big to rescue. Yes, yes, they were too, too big to rescue, uh, which is the level above too big to fail. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, so we learned from that and we are interested in that. So maybe there's more interest in that and more understanding of that uh, in Iceland. But also, it's interesting that the, 
there are certain people that understand this better than perhaps the general public. The mm -hmm. general public isn't that much into it. They just thought, well, it was greedy bankers, mm -hmm. something very simple, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. which may, may, may also be true to, mm -hmm. to a degree. Um, so uh, yeah, so, so we'll see uh, if, if the world is ready for that kind of thinking. Right. And then if, if we focus back again into, into the Icelandic market, what would you say is the competitive advantage or the differentiator that, that Icelandic companies have, perhaps in relation to other markets? Um, I think we have a very international mindset. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, what I described before, that it's easier to get started in Iceland mm -hmm. than in, in many other countries. Um, because it's small, so I, I think that uh, we, we have a lot of great people here, but actually there's a shortage of people, so we're, mm -hmm. we're asking people to come over here and work right. with us. Um, so yeah, I would describe it that way. It's hard, of course, like, like I told you, it's hard for an insider to understand what we have that's better than in other countries, yeah. uh, and what's, what makes us special. Right, right. Um, and, and then you touched on something that I think is really important, which is the, the access to talent, Yeah. Uh, having a smaller pool. So when we talked about scalability and where you, you mentioned earlier that the, the natural way to, uh, place to expand is the other Nordic markets, do you see a trend in, in companies wanting to move abroad or to stay here, cultivate the market and try to get as many, as, as much talent as possible to come from other countries into Iceland? Um, there's a mix. Um, now, of course, you, you, it's quite rare that we get employees for the Icelandic fintechs that just move to Iceland. Uh, usually the, the people that come from other countries, they've already decided to move here. Okay. And then they find a job with a, with a fintechs or join a, a founder team. Um, so it's more about attracting talent to the country in general and then they'll find uh, what to do. Uh, but um, some of the fintechs here have been hiring internationally and uh, mostly the, their new hires are, are working remotely. So that's the way it goes. Right. And let's just, just, to, just to close the conversation, tell us a little bit about what's your vision for, for the Icelandic fintech ecosystem and what do you expect, uh, how do you expect it to develop in the next two to three years? Um, yeah, two to three years. Um, it's a very short period of time, <laughs> although it can be long in, a, in another sense. I th I, I, what I see over the next two or three years is just these companies that you've been meeting here, that they will develop further and uh, some of them have really made uh, uh, gained a foothold in, in other countries and uh, I, I'm hoping that th this will accelerate. Mm -hmm. um, over a longer term, I'm hoping that Iceland can, along with the other Nordics, become um, a hub for decentralized finance. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that finance is going to decentralize. I think that banks are going to have to change. Yeah. A lot. I think there's going to be a role for banks, but they have to change. And uh, I, I, I just hope that we have the vision to uh, capture the opportunities. 
Well, um, Guli, I just uh, I have to say that uh, we we are in in awe and admiration of, of the heroism that that the fintech companies here in Iceland uh, that we've interviewed have have displayed. Uh, we're really rooting for you. We've been really blown away by by some of the innovation and the ideas that they're bringing to market, and the conviction with which they're launching their their, their thinking is is is, is we, we haven't seen that before. So we're uh, we're really excited to see what comes out of Iceland, and we we thank you for the opportunity and for introducing us to all those companies and giving us a, a, a taste of what Iceland is producing in terms of fintech. Thank you. Thank you very much.